one thing you do habitually when you're in the news business and you believe there's going to be some kind of major move, the team that you're covering, you'll look at the schedule and you'll try to get practical. You'll try to get real. And it's getting dicey. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Penguins versus Panthers tonight in Sunrise, Florida. They'll be honoring the Panthers' will. Patrick Hornquist upon his retirement, that of course was his final employer in the NHL before concussions most unfortunately forced him to hang up the skates. I am 100% sure he will hate every second of it. That is so not his personality. But I'm also sure that there are a lot of people on both sides who will appreciate uh, both the moment and of course his career and his squirming. A truly great player in his own way who will always have a special part in Pittsburgh sports history, not just for scoring that goal that he did in Nashville, but also for just being such a big part of the Penguins' general turnaround that allowed them to add those two Stanley Cups for a total of five in 2016 and 2017. And if that's the only thing that the visitors had to concern themselves with today and into tonight, that'd probably be just fine by them. But it isn't. It isn't. They're in trouble. And being more specific here, I don't know how much longer it'll be before we can start saying that Mike Sullivan's in trouble. I know the record isn't bad. 11-11-3 doesn't get you fired. Having the second best goal differential in the Metro Division doesn't get you fired. Being one of the NHL's best overall five-on-five teams doesn't get you fired. Having terrific goaltending like they've gotten from Tristan Jari and Alex Nedeljkovic and don't forget a couple of nice showings from Magnus Helberg, that doesn't get you fired. What gets you fired is when there's something that's so laser-specific to coaching that's going wrong, and no one, no one, no one can solve it. I don't have to tell you I'm talking about the power play, but I can elaborate that no sane person can attempt to convince anybody that the Penguins lack talent. On the power play, they lack a certain type of player, you know, the guy who's going to be honored before this game, but they don't lack talent. It's immense. It's borderline historic, the amount of talent. But there aren't solutions coming from Sullivan, from Tard Reardon, from anybody. Brian Rust was saying the other day when I was covering the game in Philadelphia that everybody's been in on this. He said all of us have been talking about it. All of us have gotten together, put forth ideas. Some of those ideas actually have involved players being removed, meaning taking themselves 
out of the equation. If you move me from the first unit to the second unit, then maybe we can try this or try that. That's how nuts this has become. Now, if you're a believer, as I am, that the power play has seeped into other components of this team's play to varying degrees, then you're going to have an easier time explaining a generally lousy effort like the one in Tampa a couple nights ago, like I thought the one in Philadelphia a couple nights before that. Because everybody just starts getting weirded out. And if you can't score on the power play, what gives you the confidence to think you can score at five on five? That starts to fade too. Everything, everything, everything starts getting sunk. And before you know it, one lousy effort in general leads into another lousy effort in general leads into... Yeah. Anybody who follows the NHL even casually knows that it's the head coach who pays the price for these scenarios. 99 times out of 100. So you look at the schedule. You look at the schedule. And you see that after this game, tonight in Sunrise, the Penguins have a nice, big, empty block. Off Saturday. Off Sunday. Off Monday. Next game is next Tuesday against the Coyotes, and then they fly up to Canada for a couple. But that's when big changes get made. Always, always, always. You can take that to the bank. Take that from a reporter who's been covering professional sports for the better part of my life. They're always looking for that gap. Because if you bring in somebody new, whether it's a coach or a player or whatever... You allow yourself the luxury of having a couple of practices so that they can kind of build things up. There isn't a, oh, no, let's just roll everybody out onto the rink and do whatever I told you this morning. Go get them, boys. That's not how it goes. Kyle Dubas did a, I guess you could call it a radio show. I'm not sure. It was a team-produced thing where the interview was conducted by a team employee. I I don't consider these things to be interviews. I mean, to me, those are infomercials, okay? And I've been disappointed already to date with Dubas's lack of accessibility. I don't expect anybody ever again to be Jim Rutherford in that regard, but it'd be nice if the GM would talk to reporters, like actual reporters, more often than like once every two months. But one of the things that Dubas said in that team-produced event was that after the two games in Florida, the Penguins would have a a chance to kind of reassess where they are. If you're inside that world, those words are screaming sirens. Everybody knows about those words. Everybody knows what they mean. I don't believe he was dropping a threat And I don't believe that Sullivan's in any kind of significant, immediate trouble. But I do know that if they look tonight the way they have over their past couple games, not just the power play, the whole thing, if they pull that crap again, you're going to see a lot of things put onto the table 
that weren't on the table before. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Eileen, who asks, DK, if it were up to you, would you fire Mike Sullivan or any of his other coaches? In the... What is it now? It's been a long time that I've been doing this. Um, It's got to be over 30 years. And I've only been doing the columnist role or commentary role since 2011. And whenever I took on that role, this was at the then Pittsburgh Tribune Review. I promised myself that I would never take lightly calling for someone's firing or for that matter, for their hiring. It's, it's just too big. It's, it's too important. It's, it's not because of the, the personal component. It's not, uh, you don't like calling for somebody's job or anything like that. I'm not sensitive to that part at all. This, this is the line of work that they've chosen, whether it's as a coach or a player or whatever. And I don't have any problem saying, Hey, this person's not good at their job. They need to be replaced. It's more that it's a really, really big thing. And whether you're doing a written column or spoken commentary, you don't want to have that be the knee-jerk reaction every time something's going wrong. Partially, if you want me to be honest with you, because from a selfish perspective, if that team all of a sudden goes on some eight-game winning streak and everything gets fixed, you're... You're a fool, okay? Like, you're really stuck with that one. You're wearing it for a long time. When I look at these Penguins right now, Eileen, I see them as being one evening of, let's say, three for five on the power play with a bunch of shots, a bunch of bodies going to the net, rebound attempts, one, one of those away from being okay, do I think that's going to happen tonight in Sunrise? No. Do I think that's going to happen next week against the Coyotes, Canadians, Maple Leafs? No. Because we have zero precedent for it in the 2023-24 NHL season. This team just hasn't shown any such tendency. But if something were to occur from a personnel standpoint, where Kyle Dubas were to go and swing some kind of acquisition, I don't know what, I don't know who. But if he were to bring in a player who would make some kind of very specific difference to the one very specific thing that's going wrong with this power play, and that, of course, is all of the activity in and around the opposing crease, well, then you got something. And if you dump the coach... Before you try that, are you really doing this right? Are you really being fair to him, to the team? Are you throwing out a really good coach in the name of something that's solvable through some other means? That's that's where I am. That's where I am. I don't like the fact that Sullivan doesn't have an answer for this power play. I don't like the fact that Todd Reardon is employed in large part because he's supposed to be good at managing a power play and he doesn't have answers. I don't like the fact that the players don't have answers. 
I mean, I think that's a reasonable thing to throw in when you're talking about players of this kind of achievement level and experience. But what I like less than any of that is the way that it's seeped into other components to their game, as I mentioned in the opening segment. That's where you start worrying about the coach losing the team and that sort of stuff. And that's when it becomes irreversible. And that's when you are forced, if you're Dubas, to make a change. I'm not there. I'm not there. And I don't think infinitely more important he is either. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. And we'll do another one of these on Monday. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.